0: It's time For Forward Nation Radio Now here he is The host of Forward Nation Radio David Leventhal Welcome to Forward Nation Radio I'm David Leventhal As always always a lot to discuss on today's show, where I will be discussing the vice presidential debate, uh, the confirmation hearings of Attila Coney the Hun, and the latest in fascism watch as this country continues to descend into civil war in presumably less than three weeks from today. But first, start with a brief update on covid As I go to air today, uh, the United States has just about hit the 8 million mark in official numbers, again, under count of those who have been affected by the coronavirus, and we have surpassed by a a wide number at this point, 216,000 American dead, not all of whom, of course, can be attributed to the President of the United States. We are in the midst of what's now being described as a third spike among cases as number of cases nationwide goes up or as the president of the united states our dear and fearless leader puts it oh nothing to see here folks move on move on nothing to see here folks don't worry about it the only thing we have to fear is fear itself assuming of course that fear is a deadly global pandemic that will kill us the president himself A victim of COVID is increasingly showing signs of serious mental illness, leading people to wonder to what extent COVID may also be responsible for mental deterioration. Is that more evidence of some of the harmful effects of COVID? But of course, anyone who's been looking at the president of the United States for, oh, pretty much his whole lifetime realizes that... His increasing signs of serious mental illness presumably can't be blamed on COVID because they long preexisted the COVID pandemic. Although, to be honest, they really do seem to be getting worse. Uh, the highlight in this front, we'll try to get whatever humor we can out of these miserable circumstances on the show. Uh, you've probably heard how the President of the United States and Leader of the Free World was photographed to show that he's still hard at work, still doing the nation's business, despite dealing with this minor annoyance of a deadly global pandemic, was photographed and released a photograph of him signing a blank sheet of paper with an extra-large sharpie. Yes, this counted for reassurance that the President of the United States was still on the job, signing a blank piece of paper with an extra-large sharpie, leading... Only the most thoughtful people to wonder how it is that they managed to let the president have something other than a crayon. Other COVID news, of course, from the week, as Donald Trump's inner circle continues to show more and more uh, people infected, the super spreader-in-chief himself has, it turns out, may have given it to Stephen Miller. His aide and pretty much Lead Nazi uh, Stephen Miller has tested positive for the coronavirus. Now, I'm careful on this show to make it clear that I don't wish ill on anybody. At least out loud blatantly on the show. Or, you know, as 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 little as I can. But Stephen Miller, that guy should die. Seriously, that guy should die. This is America's lead Nazi. And finally, in COVID news, we're reminded it's not just Trump when we found out that Republicans knew how bad COVID was going to be while they were telling Americans otherwise. But that's okay. They were telling their wealthy supporters to get their money out of the stock market because COVID was going to be really bad. So people should suffer, but God knows not rich people. And sure as hell not Republicans. Anyway, our first big story for today is the vice presidential debate. It's obviously been quite some days since it occurred. I do have a couple of uh, points I want to weigh in on regarding the vice presidential debate. The first important thing to note about the vice president's debate is there's not going to be a presidential debate this week. The second presidential debate has been canceled. Uh, this is just speculation on my part. I do not yet have this confirmed, but... I think what happened is that the Biden camp would not agree to Trump's terms that the super spreader in chief gets to kiss Joe Biden before the debate. Yes. The Biden camp would not agree to the pre-debate kiss with the super spreader with tongue. And as a result, Donald Trump is not participating in the second debate. He's, just going to presumably uh, ramble at, lie to, and talk over a bunch of people at a town hall meeting, which staggeringly is going to be covered by our TV networks, even as a serious human being, Joe Biden, who doesn't suck up all the airtime and who the average American voter might actually want to hear from, uh, is, is also speaking and isn't quite going to get the same coverage because... The media in this country, you know, that left-wing media, just chases the Donald Trump wherever the hell he is. They, they look for the shiniest object in the room, and Donald Trump is always the shiniest object in the room. But, of course, there was a vice presidential debate, and considering the candidates for president, the vice presidential debate may take on a little more meaning than it usually takes on. Uh. What are my takeaways from the vice presidential debate? Well, obviously, let's let's immediately deal with the the low-hanging fruit and the 60 what is it? 60-ton elephant in the room. Uh, the first thing that we learned from the vice presidential debate is that yes, it is true flies are indeed attracted to shit. Okay, there it is. Um Everybody has to get one fly joke in on the debate. So I got mine. Um, it was um, Biden and Harris. Apparently, we were led to believe early on in the debate by the vice president of the United States, Jesus Jesus Muffin, that um, it's Biden-Harris versus the American people. Yes, early on in the debate. Hence, showed that he could take marching orders from lying sacks of shit as well as anybody. And this guy who's carrying water for the disgrace in chief went into the debate ready to address the fact that the administration that he is a part of has essentially murdered tens of thousands of Americans with its lack of response to the COVID epidemic and with its covering up of what they knew of the seriousness of the deadly pandemic. Turns out, you see, that Donald Trump is America, as we knew the cult is all about. And if you attack Donald Trump's handling of the COVID crisis, you are, in fact, attacking Donald Trump. You are, in fact, attacking the President of the United States. You are, in fact, attacking America itself. And the Vice President of the United States will not sit here and listen to you attack the United States of America. I, I, let's go to the videotape. I have, a, I have the Vice President's response to that question. Well, you can't hold a whole fraternity responsible for the behavior of a few sick, perverted individuals. For if you do, then shouldn't we blame the whole fraternity system? And if the whole fraternity system is guilty, then isn't this an indictment of our educational institutions in general? I put it to you, Greg, isn't this an indictment of our entire American society? Well, you can do what you want to us, but we're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America. Gentlemen. Yes, I would describe it as Orwellian, but Animal House is much funnier than Orwell was. So I'll describe it as animal houseian. At least we can get some entertainment out of watching the end of the end of the earth with a with a front row seat. If you criticize Trump, you're criticizing the presidency. If you're criticizing the presidency, you're criticizing America. You know, just the way they felt during the Black guys administration. Remember that, where they were just so. But I, I can't even I can't even make jokes about this. Wow, Republicans are hypocrites to the extent that they're absolutely and utterly full of shit. You could just knock me over with a feather. Anyway, Pence was also was was asked about a vaccine. And um, once again, here was an opportunity to attack the patriotism and the decency of the American public. Now, Harris was asked, if the Trump administration announces that they have a vaccine, would you take it? She gave the only possible answer, which is, If people who have some integrity and know what they're doing tell me that there's a vaccine, I will take it. If lying sacks of human garbage tell me there's a vaccine and I should take it, no, I will not take it. I think that was paraphrased. I don't think that was a direct quote. Well, this, of course, offended the vice president, who said, stop playing politics with people's lives. That's right. The vice president of the Trump administration, on national TV has the nerve to say stop playing politics with people's lives. A vicious mother isn't he? Yeah. He can't do that to our pledges. Only we can do that to our pledges. What an absolute piece of shit boy has he found the perfect home for himself. But of course what what led to the, the questions about vaccines and COVID and whatever was Harris's great line in the debate early on in the debate. And again, this here's prepared. She was ready. Uh, the greatest failure of any presidential administration in the history of our country. That line has gotten repeated a lot and it, hopefully it's gotten a lot of thought by people. I've certainly given it a lot of thought. Is it the greatest failure of any presidential administration in the history of our country? Well, I guess I'm not a historian, so I'm not necessarily in a position to speak to that, although just in my own limited experience, I think pretty bold statement. And yet, I mean, pretty likely true. This is a hundred and something thousand American deaths can pretty much be directly attributed to the president of the United States. If that doesn't amount to basically the greatest failure of any presidential administration in the history of our country, I'm not, oh, wait, I am kind of sure what might. How about climate change? And when we think about how awful the Trump administration is that they will murder all these Americans, let's also consider how many Republican administrations we have had who have been dedicated to preventing any discussion of, let alone attempts to redress climate change, the climate change that is resulting in, in the West Coast of the United States, basically burning up people in record numbers, dying and suffering terribly through hurricanes, et cetera, et cetera, all the things that we've been talking about at length. It gives us an opportunity to think that however awful Trump is with respect to coronavirus and the deaths that he has caused, you know, let's not forget about climate change, people. The the devastation from climate change is going to put COVID to shame in, you know, in a shame of killing people sense. Anyway, Pence did, I think, his principal job during the debate. Um, He got his, his attack in on the media. And by attacking the media, of course, as I've spoken at length about on this show, I'm talking about reality. In every moment that they speak, it is obviously the game plan of this administration that reality is their enemy and to paint it as an enemy. The media is their enemy. Forget about the fact that it's a corporate media that basically has an incentive to support most of what they're doing, rich people just stealing everything from everybody. It doesn't matter. The media is your enemy because the media might on occasion represent reality. And in Pence's version of who you're gonna believe, me or your own two eyes, we have the fact that the administration's been doing a great job, just doing a best administration in this country's history, despite what your eyes might be telling you. One important fundamental distinction, I think, did come out during the debate, and this is worth noting for a few moments. There was some actual policy substance there for a second. The, the question from the moderator, would raising taxes put the recovery at risk? Are you proposing raising taxes and wouldn't that put the reco- the recovery from COVID at risk? As if we're currently recovering, maybe not actually helping us to recover might put us at risk. But it pointed out the distinction between the two parties and fundamentally what the two parties stand for in America. And this cannot be stated often enough because it comes down to this. And we'll come back to this when we talk about the the Supreme Court confirmation theft. It's, It's one political party that at least on occasion wants to actually govern for the benefit of humanity at large. And a criminal organization that wants to seize power So it could then seize everything else that's not locked down and it hasn't already been able to seize. Would raising taxes put the recovery at risk? Raising taxes on billionaires? What kind of a pathetic question? I I understand the question is fine, I guess, because it gives the candidates a chance to point out what a pathetic question it is. But raising taxes on billionaires? What's the Axfam? I can talk about this. Axfam is coming out with a report. I think it just came out with the report, actually, that said that Jeff Bezos at Amazon, Jeff Bezos could offer a $105,000 bonus to each of Amazon's, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, 700-something thousand, 800,000 employees. And still... 876,000 people, 876,000 people, a $105,000 bonus to each. And that would still not take away all the extra money that he has earned during COVID. A $105,000 bonus to 876,000 people. And we're talking about raising taxes on rich people being a threat to our economy. Rich people having all the money and power that they do is the singular threat to the U.S. economy. And anything that we do to take money from them and give it to everything else and everyone else that needs money can only be the prescription that we need to save the U.S. economy. I wish she had been able to say that more straightforwardly instead of going to the usual because the American public are a bunch of asses and be like, well, you know, we're not going to raise taxes. We're not going to raise taxes on most Americans and all that. They're not going to raise taxes on most Americans. In any event, they're going to give us resources and things like, for instance, education funding that this country needs to survive. So would raising taxes put the recovery at risk? No. It is the only thing that will keep our economy alive. That's the answer. The last question of the debate before I move on, I just take a moment and think again about the fact that a moderator in a vice presidential debate for the United States of America had to actually ask the question, what will you do if the president of the United States refuses to accept a peaceful transfer of power? What will you do if Donald Trump not only puts on his Hitler costume, but actually goes further and does a full Hitler or full fascist, full dictator, to try to avoid the other implications there. What would you do if the president of the United States goes full fascist? That was a question asked at a vice presidential debate. It is, it is just mind-boggling. There was a, an op-ed in the New York Times by a writer I've read for a long time, political commentator Peter Beinart, uh, formerly the editor-in-chief of the, of the New, New Republic magazine. He called for international intervention in the United States election and, transfer of, and potential transfer of power. The United States of America has to call in international observers to try to ensure that our fascist dictator does not consolidate power and just continue to remain in office despite the will of a majority of American voters. Let's also be clear that the Vice President of the United States did not denounce the idea that the President might do that. He did not say, well, of course, the president of the United States will accept the, the certified election results. And if he loses, he will, he, he will relinquish power. He didn't do that. He went to talk about voter fraud, which is just, which is just bullshit. It's, it's dog whistles. It's Trump misinformation. It is their, their background noise to allow them to steal an election. It's the vice president of the United States when he speaks about voting fraud. Let's be clear. What he's really saying is we're not going to have to steal this election after the fact because if there's voter fraud, it's going to be by us. Let's face it. We're the ones doing all the voting fraud. And we're not going to have to refuse to relinquish power after losing the election because we're going to steal the election in the first place. So while they talk about fraud, voter fraud, being on the other side, it's just clear that the only voter fraud in this country is being perpetrated by them. So maybe what he's really saying is, said this before about Trump, if somehow we are unable to steal the election fair and square, well, then we're just going to have to stay in office because there's obviously something wrong with this country that we're, we were not able to steal the election in the first place. What Harris should have said to that question, the Democrats have always sacrificed for the good of this country. Al Gore ended the debate over an election he won in 2000 and ceded the presidency to the man who stole it, George W. Bush, to save this country. And what Harris needs to say is we will not do that again. This country is fighting for its life. And if the dictator-in-chief manages to hold on to power, there will be no country left for the Democrats to save. We will not go quietly on this one. We will not allow another Republican to steal another election. But we can't do that because we're Democrats. More on that later on. Uh, As we speak right now, I want to take a couple minutes. not Not really a whole lot worth talking about with regard to the inevitable Supreme Court appointment of Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, The Republicans are in the process of completing that theft at this moment. And I I have avoided the subject for the most part. I've mentioned her name. I haven't really talked about her because, frankly, she's not really worth talking about. She's from the mill. She's from the conservative judicial mill, the Federalist Society creation of Republican apparatchiks, ultra-conservative apparatchiks to do the bidding of the ultra-right in this country. The only real question with this Supreme Court confirmation is, why the hell the Democrats are there in the first place? Why are they participating in this absolute charade? Why are they giving it any kind of legitimacy at all? Just walk off, go home, don't give it the attention it, it, it doesn't deserve. What, what do they think is going to happen? They're going to get her to say something she's not supposed to say that's going to convince one Republican to have a little bit of integrity? What are they going to do? They're going to they're going to get her to admit to to eating Jewish babies for breakfast. It's not going to happen. But let's talk about what she represents, and some of that is all in the numbers. It's been pointed out that she will be Trump's third appoint appointee to the highest court in the land. He will have one third of the United States Supreme Court. Bear in mind, this is the man who lost the election by three million votes. Filling. Our Supreme Court, the most in his first term since Richard Nixon. Wow, maybe that tells you something. Yeah, since the last guy who should have been thrown out of office in disgrace. he was, The last guy was, Trump, of course, should have been. She has been described as a favorite of conservatives. That Trump picked a favorite of conservatives as if Donald Trump had anything to do with the actual choosing of this nominee, all being done by the Federalist Society, as I talked about in a show about two years ago at this point about who's been filling the federal bench. You know that the commander in chief doesn't have the attention span to be looking at what any of these judges actually are about. He's doing what he's told. This is moving the Supreme Court further and further to the right. The center of the Supreme Court at once she is confirmed will pretty much be somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean. That will be the center of the United States Supreme Court right now, despite the fact that once again the people who are putting all these people on the United States Supreme Court continue to be rejected by a majority of the American voter. Earlier in the show, I used my Attila the Hun reference, so I, I I don't want to go back to that one. So let me just say that once she joins the court, the court, the swing justice on the United States Supreme Court will have moved from just from. Very conservative Chief Justice Roberts to basically now a Koch brother. No? Jefferson Davis? Stonewall Jackson? Joseph Goebbels? Whatever. That's pretty much where the swing justice will now stand. That far out in the right, uh, uh, out in some major yacht somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, that far out to the right. She is 48 years old. So she will be on the Supreme Court very likely longer than I will be alive. Um, She has been a judge for three years, which might explain why she can't say that voter intimidation might be unconstitutional. Seriously. When asked if voter intimidation is is a problem, is unconstitutional, she wouldn't commit. There are apparently good people on both sides. Or, um, or how about this brilliant one from a neophyte? I would not say I have firm views on climate change. Yeah, you know, the science is still out on that one because I think Fox News has found some drunk somewhere on Skid Row to say climate change is a fraud. So, hey, you know, we're not sure. We're only 99999 percent sure. Of course... This was part of a larger pattern of not answering any question at all. This has become the norm, particularly for, but not only for Republican nominees, and particularly, of course, for Amy Coney Barrett, who has no business being nominated, who has no business being confirmed, has no business being there in the first place. Republicans are just ramming this one through, so just shut up and let it happen. Let the Democrats complain. Let them moan. Nobody's watching that anyway. The media's not covering it. We're just sticking around the Supreme Court. We are completing our theft. What we know about Barrett, I know people have talked about her, maybe controversial religious beliefs, apparently being part of some obscure Christian group called the People of Praise. Uh, There's been some probably good things in her life that have risen out of that, but let me just point out that, as been pointed out, that this uh, Catholic group, this unusual Catholic group, um, adopted. Practices like speaking in tongues, belief in prophecy, and divine healing. Now, again, I don't want to be attacking people for their religious beliefs, but nuts is nuts, people. Like, lunatic is lunatic. You know, at some point, we really need to, to, to deal with people who live in the real world. And people are willing to say, well, you know, I agree with everything these people tell me 100%, despite what reality tells me, except for these weird things that you tell me about. I don't believe in that. Everything else, though, I don't even think about. I totally believe. It. Yeah, th- that makes a lot of sense. I know we keep hearing how brilliant she is, but sorry, not buying it. Not buying it. You could be a lunatic and brilliant at the same time. Um, of course, we keep hearing she is an anti-abortion social conservative. Uh, this is making some difficulties for Trump. Uh, Or Trump is making some difficulties for her, rather. She's in her confirmation hearings trying to deny everything. Oh, I don't have a position on Roe v. Wade. Forget all those things that I've written. You should forget them because I've failed to manage to bring them to the committee's attention despite the fact that I was supposed to. Yeah, it it, it seems this brilliant person keeps forgetting to turn over documents that she's written in the past as she's required to do to the committee. And then once they find him, she says, whoopsies. And then turns it over. Well, when you look at these documents, you realize why she may not want to turn them over. Look, Donald Trump and the Republican Party know damn well what her position on abortion is. They're not going to make the David Souter mistake, as I've talked about on this show many times before, where George Bush Sr. put someone on the Supreme Court he thought was a conservative, but turned out to be someone with a brain and and, and an actual heart. So they're not going to make that mistake again. And they've made sure that they have the apparatus set up so that these clones, one, one after another, they know exactly what they're going to do. But while she's denying that she has an opinion, Donald Trump is out there, of course, saying she's going to be out there overturning Roe v. Wade. Giving me an opportunity to say, perhaps in maybe the first time since I've started my show, Donald Trump is actually telling the truth on this one. And it's somebody else who's lying. Shocking. Nick Kristof has an op-ed at the Times that basically sums it up. Amy Coney Barrett represents backwards thinking. Represents a Republican Party right now that is looking back fondly, not to the 1950s, but basically to the 1450s. I think, is that before the Protestant Reformation? I don't know. I don't know my religion. But anyway, that's what this is all about. Despite the fact that a majority of this country wants to move forward, these jackasses are taking us backwards to places that are too dark to even consider. But but the more we talk about her social conservatism, frankly, the more I think we are getting distracted. Because the social conservative bullshit is for the asses. Let's be clear. The Republicans who are fighting for her to get on the Supreme Court, almost all of them could not give the slightest shit about abortion. It'll be another couple of weeks, and we'll find out that one of them who's been anti-abortion, anti-abortion, once again uh, just counseled his illicit girlfriend, his extramarital girlfriend, to go have an abortion once she got pregnant. It just happens all the time. They don't actually believe any of this bullshit. This is thrown out there, as I've talked about before, for the fucking assholes, the the religious lunatics, the mightier, more moral than God assholes, who can wrap themselves in the flag of religion, because abortion is so bad, while voting for Donald Trump for President of the United States. That's just for their consumption. What Amy Coney Barrett is all about, and where the money is, is where the money is. She is all about her economic positions. That is what her appointment is all about, not her social positions. That's just what they tell the morons. She is there because she will destroy government's ability to level the playing field For anybody other than the super rich. She is there because government in the future might want to regulate the destructive business practices of billionaires. Might want to regulate the ability of billionaires to make more money by destroying human lives. And she is there to make sure that the Supreme Court puts the stop to that. Let's be clear. Government's ability to regulate will be gone. If, if, when she joins the United States Supreme Court, unless Democrats win the election, win the Senate, and absolutely respond to this. She is there because she is anti-Affordable Care Act. She is anti-health insurance for average Americans that might come out of the pockets of billionaires. She is anti-regulations, anti-climate, and God knows she will be anti-tax. And not only God knows this, But the people appointing her in the Republican Party know damn well how she is going to vote. That leads to, I guess, another funny story of the week, a rare opportunity, um, that Donald Trump, of course, was treated with every drug known to man when he got COVID. And it turns out that at least one of the drugs that he was treated with used fetal cells, fetal tissue cells, in the development of that drug. Now, that would be funny because, of course, the Republican Party is all about and has, in fact, ended fetal cell research despite its incredibly promising medical benefits. But, of course, it's less funny because, like I said, they really don't give a shit anyway. None of them give a shit about fetal tissues. Someone said, Donald Trump, you got a drug made with fetal tissues. He'd be like, who gives a shit? <laughs> what, do I think I fucking care about fetal tissues? Babies? I don't care about humans. Why would I care about fetuses? And, of course, the moron tools are simply too stupid for any of this to matter. Donald Trump got treated with fetal cell? Ah, whatever. Doesn't, Doesn't fit within the playbook, so let's just move on. It's the big money that continues to pull the GOP strings. Everything else is window dressing albeit it is window dressing that comes with the forced sacrifice of the rights and liberties of millions of Americans. You know, collateral damage. It is It is almost hard to imagine, in a normal world, the Republican Party basically moving heaven and earth for rich people to so blatantly undermine United States laws and constitution, their own statements, to, to get her on the court. And in all times, it would be hard to imagine. But, Things that were hard to imagine in normal times are just not hard to imagine anymore. The rich have been falling on hard times in this country. And gosh darn it, they're going to have to fight back. I already talked to you about the 876,000 people that Jeff Bezos could give $105,000 bonus each to. Only out of the extra money he's made during COVID. Well, also out this week is information of 59 people in the United States. 59, 5'9 have as much wealth as 50% of the US population. 50%. That's what? 175 million? 59 people. Gosh, it's tough to be rich these days in America. Uh, Oxfam report, by the way, also talks about the fact that the pandemic threatens to drive half a billion people into poverty around the world. According to the report titled Power Profits in the Pandemic, nevertheless, 32 of the world's biggest corporations will see their profits swell by $109 billion in 2020 because of COVID. $109 billion. I guess the sacrifice of 200-something thousand Americans is a small price to pay for billionaires getting that much richer if you're the Republican Party. We'll generously include Donald Trump in this group of rich people, although... Again, all evidence is that he really isn't rich at all. It may be poorer than all the rest of us, although he certainly doesn't live like it, such as such the lot of people who are born very, very rich. Uh, it's been noted that President Trump has vowed to drain the swamp, but now the New York Times is coming up with a report this week about just how incredibly swampy his administration is. Again, the kind of thing I've been reporting on since I started this show, but now the New York Times has a report that's putting numbers to the companies that are paying off Donald Trump to get things from the United States of America. That Donald Trump is screwing the American people. He is shoveling the resources of the American people, including the fucking morons who vote for him. He is shoveling their resources into the pockets of rich people who are giving him the money that he needs to pay off some of his foreign debts. Isn't this fun? Hard to imagine. That a Republican Party could be this evil and this cruel. Well, that brings us to our last segment today. The latest on our fascism watch. As the United States creeps ever closer to civil war. And seriously creeps closer to civil war. Every time I talk, every time I laugh, every time I have a conversation, I think to myself, What what are you doing? You're you are approaching the cliff at full speed. You are about to go off. And yet The human mind just cannot contemplate it. They're not even taking pains to hide it anymore. The Republican Party, the the Trump, the Republican criminal organization, the Trump administration is not even taking pains to hide the fact that they are just stealing an election, consolidating their own power to the absolute expense of this country and everything in it and everything it purports to stand for. And at each step they take, Normal, reasonable thinking people just cannot grasp it. We, we say, I cannot believe they actually did this. And then we say, well, maybe they're gonna do this next. And we say, no, they're not gonna do that because we can't believe they're gonna do, do more. And then they do it. And we still say, well, I can't believe they're gonna do the next thing. And then they do the next thing. How many times in the last few years have we said they wouldn't be this blatant? they wouldn't be this criminal. And then they are. Stealing our courts. We're, we're hearing now, I, I, the commentator saying, I, I don't think that the courts are going to allow him to steal this, this part of the election or whatever else, because, oh, the Affordable Care Act, maybe this was Kristoff. I don't think the, the Supreme Court's going to agree with him on this one because their their arguments are bullshit. Well, if it doesn't this time, it will the next time. Because within the next couple of years, The arguments won't have to have any credibility to them at all. The courts will just rule the way the rich people want them to rule. We say when Barrett gets on the United States Supreme Court, they're not really going to overrule Roe v. Wade, will they? And then they will. Okay, so they left it up to the states, but they're not actually going to ban abortion nationwide, are they? And then give them a couple years, they're going to do that too. They're not actually going to annul same-sex marriages, are they? And then they will. They wouldn't actually say that people have the right to take guns to school, but then they will. We say they're not going to completely ban affirmative action, will they? But they will. The courts aren't going to prevent Americans from having redress in court for their injuries inflicted upon them by rich people and corporations, but then they will do that too. The rule of law will be gone in this country the debate in this country, lies. They won't outright look us in the face and lie to us. And then they do. And then there's Fox News. And then Fox News is too tame. And there's Breitbart and One America News. They won't get worse. They won't destroy the United States government. They won't completely hollow out our government of every competent civil servant and fill it with college Republican pieces of human shit. But they will and they are. And we just can't wrap our minds around it. Law and order. Trump's corruption. His illegal acts. One after another. We say he can't do this in office on national TV. It is blatantly illegal. And then he does it. And we say, well, he won't do the next one. It's like drawing the red line and say, I dare you to step over this line. And you step over the line. We draw the next one. and say, I dare you to step over that one, too. We just keep drawing more lines and they keep stepping over them and we keep backing towards the edge of the cliff. We look at William Barr, the Attorney General, and we say, he can't be this corrupt, can he? The nation's number one law enforcement officer, a man with a long career in Republican politics, can't just completely throw the Constitution on a bonfire. And then he does. They keep shocking us shooting American citizens, abusing protesters. We looked at at, at undocumented immigrants, people trying to get migrant workers. They can't take babies out of their mother's arms, can they? But they can, and they can do worse. And they continue to do worse, and yet we refuse to believe it. Democracy now. We're heading to an election that I've been talking for years about how they are preparing to steal this election and what they are doing to steal this election. And yet, I, I still talk to people, I still talk to myself and say, but they can't just blatantly throw out all the ballots, can they? Well, they will, and they are. Some of us are taking great heart in the fact that early voting in some state like Georgia, setting records. People willing to stand online line, for some cases, seven hours. They couldn't possibly run a U.S. election where they make people stand online line for seven hours, could they? Yes, they can. But then when those people get to the front to vote, they couldn't possibly tell them after waiting for seven hours, you can't vote. But they do, and they will. And they're going to send armed people to the polls to intimidate people. We say they can't, but they will. We say the courts won't let them, but they will. We said, well, they'll steal it subtly. They're not going to outright steal the election. And then in California, they put out fake voting drop-off boxes. Fake boxes for people to put their ballots in so they could take them and burn them in a bonfire. We say that Donald Trump is going to just declare all mail-in ballots illegal if he gets close enough where he can steal the election and send it to the House of Representatives and send it to the Supreme Court where they will just blatantly steal an election. But they will. Where Republican state legislatures, 26 out of 50 state legislatures are controlled solidly by Republicans. We're say, They could just refuse to send the electors that their people vote for. And they could just say, we're sending our own, the Republican people. We say they can't do it, but they can. And, and I'm really thinking that in two and a half weeks, they will. I feel like I'm whistling as I'm going over the cliff that this country is gonna is gonna end soon. We we say that they couldn't steal the census. The United States Supreme Court just gave its imprimatur for the for the president of the United States to just not count people so it can continue to steal elections all across America. It could steal congressional seats, etc. They're going to steal the election if they can. And unless they get slaughtered at the polls they're going to steal the election right in front of us and that will be the end of the united states of america we say about our fellows we, we say there has to be some basic human decency and then we look at a president of the united states knowingly spreading covid let's let's be honest that that's what he's been doing He's been knowingly, and people in his administration have been knowingly spreading COVID. We talk about basic human decency and we say Republicans won't actually take away health care for millions of Americans during a, a deadly global pandemic, but they already have and they will. And this extends to our fellow citizens. We think there's some point at which they will stop to support us. We think there's some point where they will not throw people onto bonfires once they've run out of books. But they keep showing us that they will not. We talk about fairness and fair play. Those of us who understand the misconduct that police forces around this country have been been able to engage in with impunity and have called for reform cannot believe that the police forces can be, in some cases, as corrupt as they are. And then the New York City Police Benevolent Association, the largest police union in New York City, supports a fascist dictator for president of the United States and shows that while we try to deny it, the police know better. They are at war with the people they are sworn to serve and protect. We say Americans may have their problems, but we're not going to descend into being Nazis. And then 13 right-wing pieces of shit decide that, among other things, kidnapping Governor Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan would be a good idea because of Bullshit that they hear on ultra-right-wing radio and from right-wing Republican criminal organization fanatics. Must be Antifa. We say that, that the right-wing now won't just say that they're Antifa or that they're put up to it by George Soros, but what? just wait, they're going to do that too, probably. We say that religious lunatics are for other countries, even as we put one on the United States Supreme Court. We don't have the Crusades. We don't have violent jihad in America. Not here in the United States. We don't have religious lunatics that are a threat to the world. And then we have crazy lunatic religious extremists that force New York City to shut down neighborhoods because those losers believe that wearing a mask or showing, doing anything to prevent the spread of coronavirus is somehow an insult to their fucking God. We on the left in the decency world are hamstrung by having decency, brains, and facts, by refusing to recognize the extent of the evil when we see it around it, by having too much faith in the average American moron, an evil son of a bitch, too many of whom show up in Amer- will show up at our polling places. I'll say one thing: for the last few years, I've gotten to understand history a little bit better by living through it. Schindler's, Schindler's List has been back on cable TV this week, and I always. Almost every time it's on, I watch some of it. It is maybe the most powerful movie ever made in my mind. And as I watch it during the Trump administration, I feel like I feel it more than I ever did. While I could sympathize with it intellectually, I never could really understand it like I feel I can now. I watch that movie and I think, why am I waiting too long to look to get my family out of this country? I, I now understand what it was like for Jews in Germany in the 1930s. This couldn't possibly happen here. This is crazy. This, no, this kind of thing doesn't happen in Germany. I understand what it must be like for the fact that refugees from Nazi Germany just couldn't get in other places. As I think about the fact that I might soon be trying to get into other countries. And what might that be like if they say to me, no, we're not taking you in. You're going to have to stay in America. Don't worry, it's probably a year or two before Donald Trump and the Republican criminal organization get to Jews, before they start slaughtering Jews. Of course, I've had a, pod, a liberal podcast, so I've already been slaughtered before they get to the Jews. They'll, they'll get to journalists first. I feel like I understand the plight of current immigrants better. People who are fleeing likely death in their own countries. Lawlessness. Governments that cannot be trusted, that cannot do their job to protect their citizens. I understand this better because it's dawning on me, emotionally as well as intellectually, finally, that this is what I am living through in the United States of America under this president and this criminal organization. The U.S. Department of Justice has designated New York City, Seattle, and Portland as, quote, anarchist, jurisdictions, close quote, because in the words of the criminal attorney general, the democratic controlled cities impede their own law enforcement officers and agencies from doing their jobs, murdering whoever they don't like, I guess, and endanger their citizenry. So we're going to label them anarchist jurisdictions, and we're going to prepare to send in the National Guard and the U.S. military to overthrow, apparently, democratic cities. Already, of course, we stand to lose billions of dollars in aid, despite the fact that it's the liberal cities that are funding the rest of this country. You know what else impedes law enforcement officers and the Trump administration from doing their job? That pesky constitution. But don't worry, in about three weeks, we're going to find out whether that's any impediment at all going forward. That's it for today's show. We're going to leave on a real upbeat note. Thanks for joining us, and stay safe and do what you can to make sure it's a landslide in less than three weeks. We'll see you soon. You've been listening to Forward Nation Radio with David Leventhal.